We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Alright, we should be good to go. Starting to stream up. Salute to Knicks Nation. Thursday night, Knicks. Back in the building. Hope everybody's doing all right. We got no president right now, but uh, one thing that brings Americans together, Al, is the New York Knicks. And we got a lot to talk about, man. So CP from Knicks Fan TV in the building. My guy, Alex Trataros, the Tratacaster, on the guest spot. Al, how you feeling, man? How you feeling tonight? I'm good, CP. How you been, man? Yeah, doing all right, man. Listen, we, we, we are in November. Somehow we've been maintaining and, and able to talk Knicks for the past uh, eight months. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but there is relief on the way because it seems like the, the league and the Players Association are coming to an agreement on a December 22nd restart. So things are going to pick up quickly, man. What's your thoughts on the, on the league doing that pre-Christmas uh, kickoff? You know, I think there's mixed feelings amongst uh, fans for the most part. But for teams like us, like Knicks fans, Warriors fans, so forth, like we haven't seen basketball since March, man. I'm ready to see our team finally play. It's been way too long at this point. I understand if they wanted to push it out because, you know, for two teams, especially, you know, the Miami Heat and the L.A. Lakers, they just finished playing this. You know, they just finished in what September. Maybe they need a they need a little break before things get going. Mm. But for the most part, most of the league has been off, so got to get everyone rolling. Make sure everyone can get compensated for it. And for those two teams, you know, the whole thing is about load management now, right? So maybe those two guys like Jimmy Butler, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, they don't play the first couple of games. But I think it's needed to get this thing going. I'm really looking forward to being able to watch Knicks basketball uh, next month. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm with you, man. Obviously, you know, player wise, you know, you feel bad for the guys that had just finished the bubble with, you know, all things considered and all the conditions that 
um, they, they had to go through to play. But, you know, if, if they go by the greater good, a vast majority of the league is well-rested. Those New York Knicks are rearing to go and make this championship run. And you mm-hmm. have, you know, you have a good majority of the, of the league that, that uh, like I said, ha- has had ample rest and $500 million at stake, bro. You follow the money, you know everything, you know that there's financial incentive on all of this in terms of getting the, the, the league started on time, getting the 72 games under wraps, finishing before the Olympics, you know, all of that has to come into play. So I'm, I'm not surprised at the December 22nd start. And, you know, with all that, with the draft coming up November 18th, bro, free agency is right around the corner. So we're going to kick it off. Tonight's is the first part series of our offseason targets. And tonight, let's talk about the point guards, bro. Let's talk about the point guards. Let's um, get it going. I've been saying for weeks, this this is a critical, critical position for this team that we have not addressed since Raymond Felton. It's been nothing but stopgap solutions, and and it's it's hurt this team as far as development uh, and team development. I, I think there's no doubt. And when you think about the keys from what you've heard, you know you haven't heard that much out of Knicks camp, bits and pieces out of the training camp and so far. But here are the key things that you heard from Tibbs. Um, he, he wants someone that's going to collapse the paint, get into the paint. He wants to create mm-hmm. a lot more corner threes, mm-hmm. right? Um, again, he emphasized team development. He wants a guy that's going to elevate this team, right? And, and that might not be the guys that we have right now. And maybe it is. We'll, we'll see what happens. But just going off of some of those keys, right? They're going to prioritize fit around R.J. Barrett. Another key in their off-season quest. And so... When I think about that, that's kind of how I kind of constructed my top five list, you know, in terms of fit, in terms of corner threes, fit with RJ, ability to elevate the whole team, and kind of realistic as well, you know, in terms of whether it's free agency or trade, just kind of looking at um, deals that I think would be realistic for the Knicks. And so that's how I kind of came up with my list. But um, we got to talk about the incumbent real quick. The, the, Have to. The, since, since we're talking election, let's talk incumbent. Um <laughs> Alfred Payton, Alfred Payton, bro, signed with the team last year. Yep. You know, but he was what he was. He was Alfred Payton. And so, that's that's probably the best way to put it, in all honesty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, what did what, you feel about Payton's performance this season and, and the prospects of him coming back, man? What do you think? I wouldn't. It depends, like, how free agency plays out, right? I think Payton, for the most part, he did a lot of things well. He can pass. Obviously, he's a good rebounder. He does what Tibbs wants, which is collapse the paint, have the defenders collapse in the paint because he loves to drive. I think he was averaging somewhere around like 12 drives a game. That's, I mean, if we're going to talk about what Tibbs wants, that's exactly those elements right there. The only thing that he can't do really well is shoot, right? His mid-range is a little off and three-point. He was abysmal. I think he shot 20%. So if you want, if you're thinking about trying to fit around RJ, He's not that guy to really fit around RJ from a shooting standpoint because we have to be able to space the floor to get RJ involved because, as we saw, RJ's not really a fluent shooter yet. Hopefully, he can take it to another level this next season. But for the most part, Alfred Payton does a lot of things well, and it really all depends how this offseason goes, whether or not we keep him or not. We, he's only, you know, if we don't keep him, that's $1 million, uh towards the cap that, you know, that Knicks can't just use. But at the same time, if we keep him back, it's $8 million. It's not really that much, and I think it's a really cheap option for a point guard that you can just use for one more year. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. You know, seven dimes this off this uh, past season, ten and seven. Obviously, nothing to sneeze at. 
um, 52% assist uh, rate on seven dimes. That's good for, I believe that was 11th in the league. So um, good numbers, good numbers from a facilitation standpoint. Um, very poor in the pick and roll. Shooting numbers, abysmal. And I think that's where Peyton really hurt this team tremendously, you know, and, and kind of contributed to the lack of quality floor spacing, whether it was around RJ, whether it was around Julius or whoever it may be. Uh, that was a primary scoring option. And so I thought that crossed us. And so I've been saying for the longest now that I like Peyton as a backup. I've always liked him as a backup. To me, he's always been a good backup. And so, again, coming here, he played out of his role. And so that's why I didn't feel like it really elevated this team as much as it should, as much as he should have. 20% from three, you're just not going to get it done. 57% from the stripe, bro. So <laughs> regardless if he's getting the paint, regardless if he's drawing contact, 57% from the stripe, it's just not going to get it done. And so I think... With the way that this offseason is going to be uh, expedited, I think it's still possible that they bring him back potentially uh, uh, on a cheaper deal, mm -hmm. you know, as, as someone who has familiarity with what's going on. But I'd rather move on and, and bring some fresh blood in here. Yeah, totally. I, I totally understand that. I think when you when it comes to Payton, you said it perfectly. He's a good backup point guard, right? I think one of my concerns is if we don't have anyone else in the market and the point guard market, really, when we're going to dive into it, it's very thin. There's not a lot of good options out there unless you're able to wheel and deal with another team to bring somebody in. Peyton, he, at least he brings continuity, and that's an issue we've had with the Knicks for a long period of time, right? We haven't had a lot of continuity with this team, so he could just be a good stopgap player for the interim. Maybe when we, if we draft a point guard this year or maybe for next free agency when we're trying to take the next step, you know? Yeah. That's the only thing I see from a, that's the only thing I could say from Peyton, you know, yeah. other than that, as you were pointing out, his shooting pick and Kills roll us, man. kills us. And he passed to, you know, the number one, like he, he left guys open, like RJ number one guy who would just be left out in the wing just yeah. to shoot and force a lot of passes sometimes. And, you know, he had a little errant, like little boneheaded plays here and there. I, I can't forget the Phoenix game where he just took that shot and just, did not sink it. It was just yeah. a brick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, overall, I think he, he's, a, he's a pretty good decision maker, but sometimes he gets a little heady. He gets a little heady sometimes. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with Peyton. But let's get into your top five, man. Number five. Oh, let's go. Right. Well, you want to go honorable mention first, or you want to start off with five? I'll start off with five. I'll give the honorable mention for the end. So yeah, that let's, way, go. Uh, let's go. Let's all, go. All right. So first one for me. Where is it? Where, where is, where's my guy? Where's my guy? All right. So number five, I got Lonzo Ball. Okay. Uh, that's, that's, uh, he's number five on my list. Mm -hmm. This, you know, idea was sparked by Jonathan Macri from Nick's film school. Talk about doing tradebacks. So in, in that newsletter, Macri proposed an eighth and a 27th, the Knicks eighth and the 27th with a 13th and 39th to new Orleans. And we get Lonzo in the deal. I think that may change now because as we had reports on drew holiday is looking to be shopped. Uh, by the team so they do need a point guard and that opens up cap uh, space for them to sign Lonzo for the future if they want to right so for us it depends on what type of package we can muster up to get him I like the way Lonzo plays the game he's a good you know he, he's always looking for the outlet pass yeah. he's looking to move in transition looking to push pace he's a really good rebounder he can make some of those advanced reads 
He, he worked on his shot. He shot very well from three point range this season. He thought he shot 38%. I mean, that's, that, that's awesome. You know, mm-hmm. especially from what he was shooting. He wasn't even really shooting previously that, that well previously, I should say. So I like Lonzo. It's just, you know, the free agency market is not, there's not, it's not, a, it's guys. not a great market. It's yeah. not. Yeah. It's not. So I, I would, I think if we could make a, a decent deal for Alonzo, I would try to try to I would try to get Lonzo. Yeah, not not a great market. Um, eleven seven and six six rebounds to Lonzo. Uh, you know, excellent mm-hmm. rebounding guard as well. As you said, we'll push the pace. Um, worked on his three point shooting. Last ten games, shot forty three percent from three. Last ten games, shot forty three percent from three. Forty four percent overall. Fifty from the stripe. Again, yikes. Fifty six percent overall from the stripe. That you don't like. But you, you don't know, like it. Yeah. But again, as you said, as a guy that can push the pace, um, you know, three point numbers have have certainly increased working on that as well. You know, you know, Lonzo, Lonzo wouldn't be a bad pickup on the on the right price. Yeah, I would like Lonzo. I mean, look, his jump shot, you know, mid range free throw, it still needs work. But if he can shoot 38 percent from three. I think he can get there slowly but surely. Yeah. He's still young, right? I think he's only 23. There's still much more room for him to grow. He's not even close to his prime yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I like him. You know, I, we haven't had, we we didn't like, I mean, Peyton tried to push pace, but we didn't have guys to push pace with. And also if you, you know, if you're not maybe high on Frank or if you're not high on DSJ, you know, at least you get an established guy who's going to go into his fourth year. And then if you want to resign him, if you're the Knicks, if you do get him, there's nothing wrong with that. I think the qualifying offer would be 14 million for him uh, the following season. Interesting, interesting indeed, man. Um, as you said, with Drew Holiday entering the market, um, let's see what that what what the Pelicans have in store for Lonzo. Right? What are they doing the draft, and and what do they do with Lonzo? Because I do think they'll be motivated to to trade Drew Holiday. I think Brooklyn is going to be a favorite. We always hear Golden State uh, mm-hmm. as a potential. Um, who you know, it's going to be several teams in the market for Drew Holiday. He's a beast. So let's see what how that impacts Lonzo Ball, his trade market, and so on. But yeah, I don't, I don't think Lonzo would be a bad option. Um, as a uh, as a stopgap, or maybe even a reclamation project. You know, d- depending on on where the Knicks see their their future headed. For five, for me, I had uh, DJ Augustine. Okay, I had, I had DJ Augustine. As number five, uh, solid, you know, solid pro. Only ten and four. Nothing, nothing that uh, you know is going to sh- strike off the board for you. But a couple mm-hmm. things that did. Number one, uh, play with Tibbs. Play with Tibbs yep. back in Chicago. Uh, knows what to expect from Tibbs. DJ Augustine. He's a pros pro. Had a fairly durable year this year with Orlando. Um, career with Orlando: 40, 43, 38, and eighty six. Good splits. Excellent splits. 43, awesome splits. 38, and 86 for DJ Augustine and the Orlando Magic. And, you know, like I said, in terms of uh, a stopgap, I, I think he would fit there perfectly. I think he'd be a complimentary fit for R.J. Barrett. And, and yeah, I, I, think, I think this is the most likely acquisition, you know, I'm sorry. It's not the most exciting. I'm, I'm sorry for the people in the chat. It's, it's not the most. <laughs> he's not going to wow you. 
You know what I mean? He's not going to wow you by any stretch. But I, I think um, Augustine is a good pickup. 73rd percentile, Al, in the pick and roll. Mm-hmm. Points per possession. 73 percentile. 81st percentile in spot-up shooting. Spot-up scoring. 96th percentile in catch and shoot. So he's going to be able to facilitate for you. He's going to be able to space the floor for RJ and whoever else. Maybe it's, it's Isaac Okoro. Who knows? I, I keep, I'm keep i seeing the Okoro name in the draft. You know, for some reason, <laughs> I feel like that that's going to be the pick. So I, I think, again, DJ Augustine is a, is a perfect complimentary piece. And I think he's a guy that, you know, if let's say you are going to, let's say you go in with uh, a draft pick coming out of the draft, you know, is Augustine could be a stopgap, you know, with mm-hmm. this, with the season coming fast, training camp coming up, you want a veteran in there that's going to, you know, grab the reins and, and be that coach out there for the, for, for Tibbs and be that extension of them. Augustine can kind of be that guy while you transition to, you know, whoever it may be, whether it's the, a, a new point guard that you draft, whether it's Frank, whether it's DSJ, if Tibbs is not so high on them. But again, I think as a complimentary piece, DJ Augustine would, would be a good fit. Who's who's number four for you? So actually, you just mentioned my number four, which is DJ Augustine. Yeah, there you um, go. I, I like DJ Augustine. Everything that you said, uh, you're echoing the same thing I would say about DJ. Uh you know, the only, I think the only thing with, for me about DJ is that he likes to pound the ball, <laughs> pound the ball way too much. Sometimes mm. he eats up a lot of clock, but as you already pointed out, he played with Tibbs. This is a short off season. He, you know, we're going to need continuity, right? Tibbs or he already understands Tibbs system. So bringing him in for a year or even two, while we're trying to groom a point guard, or if we're trying to create something in the interim, great, 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 like choice out of like realistic point guards. And I agree. I think, you know, I out of the CP3, you know, e- even you mentioning Mike Connolly uh, trade rumors, I think this is the most likely one. One, because he'll be very cheap to get off the market. Yeah. Two, he, I, I, it's just, it just screams like, you know, whether it's trying to keep Peyton or, or whoever, I mean, shooting. Steady. Yeah, steady he's, steady. he's a steady guard. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Best way to describe him. That, that, that's all I think. Steady hand. Steady hand. So four for you is Augustine, right? Four for mm-hmm. me is going to be, uh, as you said, Mike Conley. Mike Conley is going to be um, number four for me. I think, as I mentioned earlier this year, he's a guy that they are interested in. Um, what will Utah do? Utah on the new management. How will they go into it? Uh, will this new kid... Be interested in trading Conley. Uh, what's what's his interest in terms of maintaining the luxury tax and, and the salary cap when those numbers come in? You know, mm-hmm. what what's going to be his motivation there? So we'll see. But I think in terms of Conley, uh, yes, he did struggle a bit coming into Utah. It was a bit of a strange fit, but he settled in. He settled in, ended up last couple of games. I think last 20 games ended up shooting 40% from three. So he was able to space it well for Utah. Obviously, we know what he brings as a floor general. We know what he brings on the defensive side of things. And again, in terms of when you talk about team development, when you talk about being a leader in the locker room, and now with with with, with his three-point prowess, um, I think Conley, Conley's a no-brainer pickup. It's one year left on the deal. You bring him in. He improves the team. You reevaluate him at the end of the season, see where you are. You still go out, and if you want to go draft a, a Flynn at 27 or whoever it is at 27 or even eight, 
You bring in a mm-hmm. Conley. That's his tutor. That's his mentor. Again, team development. Team development. We're not talking about, you know, a star. We know Conley's coming down, but he, he's still uh, a, a good floor general, and I think he can still help this team. For sure. I like Mike, Mike Conley. Actually, you're we're just piggybacking off at this point. That's my yeah. number three is Mike Conley. Mm-hmm. And I like Mike Conley. I think the one concern was his struggle in a new situation with Utah, mm-hmm. and especially when you have two established guys like uh, Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Him coming to the Knicks, I know he'll probably be the guy or one – like he definitely will be the guy unless we get someone else in free agency who can help space the floor uh, and create. But for Connolly, the concern is really how is he coming into a new team? He was with the the Grizzlies for so long that he was able to get comfortable, familiar with that offense, familiar mm-hmm. with that system, familiar with the players. You know, when he came, when he went over to Utah before the All Star break, he was shooting thirty nine percent from the field, which that's it's a little terrifying for a point guard, especially when you're going to need someone to be creating. And you know, he was only averaging thirteen points too with you know Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, two guys who, you know, are automatically just generating offense, whether it's in the paint and you have Donovan Mitchell, who is an all-star himself. So I like Mike Connolly. I think he'll be, as you echoed, is a good locker room presence. I like him for that reason. I think he'll bring consistency. Just the concern is how will we transition coming over to New York and playing under Tibbs? I think defensively he'll be fine. Yeah. Offensively is my is my biggest question because if, he, if we're going to see the same struggle that he did with – Utah in the first, mm-hmm. you know, first few months, it's dicey. going to be rough. Yeah. It could get <laughs> rough, man. Could get a little dicey, man. Last 10 games, 40, 40% from three, as I said, last 10, mm-hmm. 40% yep. from three. Um, certainly turned it up in a bubble. 14-4 and four this season uh, was a down year in terms of the dimes. But, you know, I think, again, Conley would be solid and would allow the Knicks to accomplish their objectives from the point guard spot. And, and again, bro, you know, it's, it's just – when 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 we talk about the team development, it's so it's so critical, bro. Because we we talk about you know how many assets we have and the young players we have and whether or not they can be good or not. But mm-hmm. you know, without having that piece that makes them better, you're again, it's all about options, bro. But if if your if your current core is not bringing any value to your team, you're limiting yourself in terms of how they make the team better or how they can make the team better via trade. Absolutely. You know, your assets have to, to appreciate, right? You want your assets <laughs> to appreciate, right? This was business. If this was real estate, whatever it is, you want to be able to make that investment. And I think a point card is that investment, a proper point card, bro. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen it for so long, right? You, you said at the beginning of the show, we haven't seen a, we haven't seen a decent point guard since Raymond Felton. And really to, he was really good when we had J kid too. I, that whole yeah. tandem yeah. worked for him to mm-hmm. like really excel. And we haven't had anything since that. We had yeah. Jared look, Jack. Look at what J kid did with, with Nick state. Perfect example. Yep. I mean, what we've had Jared Jack. We've now had Alfred Payton. We had Emmanuel Moutier, tank commander Moutier. The tank commander. Him. Give me a break. Uh, um, <laughs> It's just been a revolving door, man, mm-hmm. at point guard. And even Trey Burke for a little bit. It, it's We need some stability, and we need someone who can actually hold it down. And Connolly, you know, even though he did struggle, I think, you know, I'll say this, I think he will be able to hold it down if we had him on the Knicks. The question is, how, I know Julius Randle would be involved in the trade. Who else were we giving to them? Because if we're getting, the, if we're getting Mike Connolly, I'm sure that they would have to get a point guard. So maybe we would have to ship over 
maybe we sign Elf and then ship him over. And those two guys would match the contract. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, t- time will tell, but I-, I think it's critical, bro. I think it's critical. You can't expect Kev to get better. RJ, Mitch, you know, Mitch shooting 75% at the rim. You got to get him a point guard that get that pick and roll feisty, bro. You know what I mean? Something that's going to really, really uh, force defenses to react. And then you can mm-hmm. really open things up. It- it- it's critical, critical. For sure. You know, it's like, it's like uh, football, right? The NFL. You need a quarterback. Point guard's a quarterback. You need a quarterback. If you have no quarterback, you, you, it's, it's not, just not gonna you're not going done. anywhere. It's just not going to get yep. done, man. So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. I haven't checked in on the chat in a, in a minute. Creeping up on 600 in the chat. Still going strong. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys as usual. Salute to team hashtag new. If you're new in the chat, leave us a hashtag new so we can shout you guys out. My guy Erwin R said, damn, I'm late. I missed the first 20 minutes of the show. <laughs> Erwin is tight. Uh, but we, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you up, Erwin. No doubt about it. We're going to get to the phones as well in a minute. 657-383-1509. Definitely hit us up. We, we want your takes on our top five. Maybe you guys have uh, some selections that we, we uh, may not have covered. So definitely want to hear from the fans tonight as well. All right, Al. So we're on to three. So three for me is going to be. I kind of rhymed a little bit. That was that was kind of like, like a little hot sixteen, a little freestyle. Three for me oh, is going to be. Um, who was my three? Fred Van Fleet. Oh Ooh. yeah, I'm going with Fred Van Fleet, man. Mm. Um, listen, oh. battle tested. Could have been a Finals MVP. You know, mm-hmm. um, scrappy defender. But where Van Fleet, you know, where his bread and butter is, is on catch and shoots, bro. Fred Van Fleet shooting 65.6 effective field goal percentage off the catch and shoot. 44% off of catch and shoot threes. This is where he helps his team, man, in in terms of um, just being a spark on the offensive end. Catch and shoot three-pointers. Three-pointers off of transition, which, which the Raptors were first. In the NBA this year, Raptors were first in the NBA uh, in transition. Um, this is this is Fred Van Fleet for us right here, all for the catch and shoot. Um, Fourteen drives per game, bro. Ooh. Gonna get into it. Put pressure on the defense. Now, those are the things I think that he excels at. What is a concern is um, finishing, because even though he drives a lot, this is where having the shorter guards hurts you. Because his finishing numbers are abysmal. And, For sure. And uh, I think that's what hurt him in the pick and roll. I think that's what hurts his overall floor game. Because if it's not the... It's kind of feast and famine from three. And the, the, the intermediate game, you know, gives you a bit of a pause. Again, because of the, the size issues, you know, kind of hurts you. But again... What's not to like, man? Defense, scrappy defender, gonna get after for Tibbs. Floor spacer, excellent movement, um, excellent cutter, and the catch and shoot numbers are, uh, you know, through the roof. Where was Van Fleet on on your list? So Fred Van Vliet is my number one option. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I can get. I'll get into it now so mm-hmm. that we can uh, just get it over. Yeah. Get it over with. Mm-hmm. I like Fred Van Vliet, man. I really. I think, you know, without having to use a lot of assets and to get someone in here, that's why he's my number one. We don't have to trade uh, to bring in another guard. But with Fred Van Vliet, you already pointed it out. His offense, his catch and shoot 
it's something that you just want, especially if we're going to get Mitch to set screens, if we're going to get RJ setting screens, whoever to set screens, he's just going to get open. And the way that he loves to drive to the lane, mm-hmm. you said it 14 drives a game. That's just, that's just what Tib wants. Tibbs wants. You're going to have defenses collapsing on him. And yes, his finishing is not there. He finished, he's in the 20th percentile amongst guards when it comes to finishing mm-hmm. around the rim. Yeah. Um, Terrible. And, it, and it's because of his height. You know, he tries to do a little too much when he really can't. And the mid-range game is not there. He's truly evolved into the modern NBA where it's either you drive or you take a three. I think with him, though, the, what he will bring, though, is consistency. You know, mm-hmm. you'll, you, you're absolutely going to give him like a three or four year deal. Pay him, pay him a lot of money to be here. Somewhere between 22 to 24 million a year annually. And. With Fred Van Vliet, you know you're getting a solid locker room presence. He's already been to the chip. He knows what it need, he knows what it takes. Scrappy defender. Tibbs loves scrappy defenders. This guy was locking down Steph Curry in the NBA Finals. Like he made sure he was suffocating Curry. Curry, it was so hard for him to get up a shot. Granted, sure, Clay was missing games. Katie was missing games. But still, you're taking down the guy who was a two-time uh, uh, NBA uh, MVP, league MVP. That, that's that's not a lot of people can do that. And uh, the fact that he was doing it on the offensive end as well, he, he'll play both ways. And I think that alone will encourage the young guys that we have to see, oh, this guy's playing both ways. He's giving it all he's got. We got to follow the suit. He will be the leader if he came to the Knicks. Question is, does he want to come to the Knicks and take on that challenge? <laughs> that's the million-dollar question. That, that's the million-dollar question. So. Yeah. I, I honestly, I see him staying in Toronto, mm-hmm. but if we can get Fred Van Vliet, I, you know, I'd be so happy to have him because at least I know we're getting in talent and you need talent in order to elevate talent. Yeah. And I had the volume on the highlights for a second. So part of that, but um, listen, he's, he's a dog. I, I think he, he'd be a nice pickup here. I think the Knicks will entertain it. I think they will be in the market for him. The question is how much will they want to pay? I think the Raptors will end up keeping him. I think the mm-hmm. Knicks will be in the in the in the hunt. Maybe Phoenix, maybe the Hawks. You know, Zach Lowe on the on the mm-hmm. on and his uh, ESPN column felt like uh, um, the Hawks could be a, a sleeper for Van Fleet because they also have some cap space to play with. So um, yeah, let, let's see how that how that rolls. But I do think the Knicks, Detroit, Phoenix. Maybe uh, and maybe the Hawks will be in the services, but I think uh, the Raptors will be able to keep them and still be in the hunt for the freak because I think that this I think this all season and next all hinges mm-hmm. on what the freak decides to do with the Milwaukee Bucks, whether he signs a supermax now, does he wait? Does he sign it now? Potentially request a trade next year? Who knows? But I think Miami's positioning for him, Toronto is certainly positioning for him, so. What he does is certainly going to impact their free agent priorities, and then that's going to trickle down. So it's going to be an interesting uh, domino effect. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Fred Van Vliet this offseason mm-hmm. because it's really going to set the domino, as you said, effect for everyone else. You mentioning Atlanta, you know, that'd be very interesting. I know we're going to, just side topic, mm-hmm. just because I know they want to tr- get Trey young a little bit more off ball. So he doesn't have all the pressure. That would probably be like an easy, like fit over there. Although yeah. their defense is abysmal. So yeah. that, that, that would be interesting. But if you want to take on a, a challenge, why not come to the Mecca? That's I'll just throw that out there. True story, <laughs> true story, man. And then it's, it's a matter of, Hey, w- what happens when you take him out of Toronto, right? Is he going to still mm-hmm. be the same guy? That's a gamble. 
that that's a gamble that you're going to take. Is he, is he going to be the same guy when you take him out of that system, take him out of Toronto? Time will tell. But, uh, you know, I think Van Fleet would certainly help the Knicks tremendously. Who, who's number two on your list? Number two on my list is CP3. Oh, okay. So, okay. All right. Yeah. Here, here we go. Here we go. So if we're going to talk about guys who elevate the level of, player, uh, of play for everyone around them, mm-hmm. we saw that with CP3 and OKC. Mm-hmm. That team was not even supposed to be in the playoffs. They had them outside, no and he got them in the fifth seed in the West. Mm-hmm. Man, everyone says CP3 was uh, – they, they, were, they were just already like considering them out. But he came in there, elevated the play for everyone, and was, you know, it, it, he brought consistency. He's a true four general. He just puts everyone in the right position to succeed. You know, look at the way he got SGA and Dennis Schroeder to play and Steven Adams. And even like we're talking about Dort too, right? Like yep. Dort, Dort was starting to play very well on the bubble. A guy who was just like, sh- that was just shocking like the world almost for like, who who is this guy? Um, CP3 had a great season this year, put up awesome numbers he can shoot space the floor excellent in the pick and roll which is what we're going to need it's just so hard not to like want him on your team um, but the thing that would stop that would make you not want him on the team is the cost right yeah. so what's it going to cost to get him you know when it was initially reported back in february march it seemed like it was going to cost reggie bullock either frank Nilakina or kevin knox and maybe a draft pick to get him now what was the most recent thing i think the most recent mock trade that they had not saying this would be the trade mm-hmm. re- just a mock was bobby portis peyton kevin knox frank and a future first if that's the price i'm out and it's because we're giving up too many uh, we're giving up a future asset and too many young assets for a guy that's going to be with the team for one or two years and i guess the other thing is a contract right yeah are you but for me the contract for two years who are we getting in 2021 so I'm, I would be fine with it. Um, it's it's it, as you said, man. What is the price? What what is the price? And and what are you willing to spend? Uh, our guy Macri thinks that it's going to come down to uh, New York and L.A. He's his family's in L.A. He's got a house in L.A. So he thinks mm-hmm. it's going to come down to New York and L.A. I have a, a couple questions for me. Um, the positives, I agree with you all. There, I think outside people, some people may disagree with me. I think outside of LeBron James. When it comes to team changes, I, I you know LeBron James to me he's a, he's a team changer, which is what makes him great. Um, a part of that, obviously, skill sets aside, I think CP3 is right there in terms of the transformative effects that he has on a team. You look what he did with the with the Hornets slash Pelicans. You look what he did when he went to the Clippers. You look what he did mm-hmm. when he went to the Rockets. If he didn't get hurt in in the Rockets, they win that game seven. They might be NBA champions. And now look what he's doing with, with this Thunder team, a lottery team. That, that had no business being in the playoffs before he got there. Look at the numbers. Look how he elevated SGA's game. Look how he elevated Schroeder's game. Um, again, this he's a, he's a team changer. And when I go back to my main point about team development, this is the guy. He's number one on my list as well. I think okay. he's number two on your list. He's number one on my list, yeah. CP3. Yep. Listen, this, this is the guy. This is the guy. Um, injury risk is still there. I think he had a, a this season was more of an aberration for him, staying relatively sure. healthy. At his age, you have to expect it's going to come down. He's logged a ton of mileage, so you got to you got to expect a nagging leg injury or something is coming. You know, don't wish nothing on him, but I think it's just for the time, right? It's just reality. 
And then the contract, sure. obviously the contract being heavy, you know, how aggressive will Leon be for CP3? I don't think anyone really knows. I think what we've heard is they want to maintain cap flexibility. You know, they don't want to make any, you know, panic moves. So it's going to be interesting to see. But my other question is, is CP3 even motivated to come to a dumpster fire of a team? Right at this stage in the game, why wouldn't he be trying to play for a championship? You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I mean, I would expect him to want to go to a championship contending team before coming to the Knicks. Yeah. But if LA and New York are his two options, you got the Clippers, you got the Lakers. I don't know what the Lakers cap situation is off the top of my head. Um, but if they're going to sign Anthony Davis, I would expect that you're going to be giving up a lot of bench players that you potentially need. Yeah. Um, Clippers, I know, you know, was I think Kawhi said or rumored that Kawhi wants a point guard. So right. if you want a point guard, <laughs> there's no better point guard Bring than, him back than Chris Ball. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, and then you also have rumors that maybe the Sixers, because you hear Doc mm-hmm. and them have like squashed it. But your point is well taken. You know, this goes to Fred Van Vliet too. Like, why do you want to come to the Knicks? Right. Um, does it, does Chris Paul, is it Chris Paul that spends his, his offseason in New York? Is, is um, he the one? I think it's more LA. Uh, I think it's more, more LA? LA. Yeah. No, that's right. It, it is LA. It is mm-hmm. LA. I'm forgetting, I forget who it is for New York. Um, so, no, it makes more sense for him to want to go to LA than to come to New York. I guess yeah. it's based on the relationship with Leon Rose and what he's selling to him. You know, does Chris Paul actually think he can get another chance to go to a chip? I mean, at his level, probably thinks that, you know, these players do have I mean, to think of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I would expect him to go to the Lakers or Clippers or whoever is contending before coming to the Knicks. But, you know, the relationship aspect with Leon Rose, who yeah. knows? You know, I, that's, I, that's, the, that's, the, that's the questionable factor. It's a questionable factor. Um, obviously, no, he does not have a, a no trade clause. I just feel mm-hmm. like a veteran of that stature, OKC being in the, in the position that they are in, I think Sam Presti will at least go to him and say, you know, give me your, your list. Who's your list of preferences and see what he can do, right? At the end of the day, absolutely, he, he, as a GM, needs to do what's best for business, take the best deal for him. But I think, I don't think they, they treat CP3 as, you know, Joe Schmo and just ship them off. No, I, I think they're going to consult with the guy. So that's why I say I question whether CP3 actually wants to come to a rebuild and not play for a championship. I think the contract makes the acquisition of him extremely complicated. And I actually don't think a, his a trade involving CP3 goes down um, until near the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee to me is the obvious um, team who needs him. I don't know what they'll do to to try to uh, impress the freak and make a, a legit championship run. We're hearing that they're interested in Oladipo. They're hearing that they're interested in in Bogdan Bogdanovich, which which would be excellent for them. I think that would be a, a tremendous pickup. Well, I think CP3 would be obvious. Again, how do they make the numbers work? Do they have the assets that the Thunder would want? So I'm not sure, man. To me, I think I think this comes down to a trade deadline acquisition. I think Philly should not be slept on with Doc there, with Daryl Morey there. I think Philly should, I think they evaluate what they have and, and maybe make a push uh, midseason. And you know what? I don't even know what the Lakers cap situation is, bro, but let's be honest. If, it, if it's not for the league interfering, the Lakers always get their man. So I wouldn't even be surprised if 
if LeBron somehow moves this piece, that piece, that piece, and figures out a way to, to bring him in under the cap. <laughs> for real. For real. No, you always get that guy, man, and never have to pay much for him. Uh, that that's that's a fact and you know listen i listened to the nba ringer kevin o'connor he said it, he says it right look if if they want somebody they'll make it work every nba team will make it work they'll figure it out mm-hmm. how, how to make the the cap work so if they want to go get cp3 they'll definitely go get cp3 that would be interesting to see lebron and uh, cp3 play together uh that That'd would be, be much. quiet and anthony davis my God, just I guess I guess just write them on for next year. Who knows? Uh, yeah, but CP3, yeah. CP3, I, I would like to, I would, I would like to get them on the Knicks, but it's gonna be cost. We would, if we have to compete with those type of guys, the Lakers, the Bucks, the Sixers, those teams got way more assets than we do to create an enticing offer. And you also said it, you know. Look, Pressy is going to do what's best for the Thunder too, mm-hmm. but at the same time, if he Oklahoma City is not a desirable destination for every player out there, right. you know, and so he also has to understand that. Look, he has to treat players right too. So maybe he's like, look, I got the, it's the president of the players' association. I got here. I can't just go do whatever I want. I have to actually work with this guy. He's not, you know, this is not James Harden, uh, you know, post. Uh, Miami uh, Thunder versus Heat, mm-hmm. right? Where J- James Harden was still trying to become somebody. This is, we, we're talking about an established, probably one of the top 10 best point guards we ever watched played. So there, there's a level of respect they have to give Chris Paul as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. But where I disagree with you is in terms of assets, because I feel like where we come in is number one, we have the cap space to take them on. That's number one of, of all the yeah. other teams. We can do it easy. Uh we have maybe the, the younger players that, that OKC may want to desire in terms of a Knox or a Frank, a young, young piece that, you know, that they may want to develop. And we have better draft assets. So I think we can make the deal quite easily if Leon wants to pull the trigger. Macri says that uh, that Presti has a deal on the table. It's up to the Knicks to take it. Let's see. Mm-hmm. And let's see what happens. Like I said, I'm, I'll, I'll be interested to see how aggressive Leon would be in taking them, if we have to part with a young piece, you know, I wouldn't love it. But I think again, the the positive that CP3 brings to the team, I'm, I would I would have to take it. I wouldn't love it. I wouldn't love it because it would be like a same old Knicks type of move to me. Mm-hmm. But I think he, he would help us, you know, so much that I think it's it's worth the gamble. No, you're right. That yeah. we, I would say you're right that we do have the assets. I guess where I should I should preference that is that um, for CP3. I guess what, what, why I just, uh, I don't know. I feel like why, why would he like choose? Why, why would Presti one? Cause we would also want assets too coming back in that, For in sure. that deal. Right. Sure so, so then why would Presti want to also help us out too? That That's it's, it's a complicated you know, deal, man. It, it's, it's a complicated deal, bro. I, I, yeah, that's why I don't, sure. I don't see it happening. Uh, in this, you know, condensed time frame that they're talking about. Because like I said, the draft is the 18th. Free agency is going to be right after that. And so, you know, and then you have training camp that more than likely is going to be December 1st. First game, December 22nd. So it, things are going to pick up very quickly. Um, salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Salute to everybody on team hashtag new. Going to get to the phones in a second. CP from Knicks Fan TV checking in. My guy, Alex Trataros, a.k.a. the Tratacaster on the guest spot. 
Um, so there's one more What's person because we, we had a pretty similar list. One more person for me would be um, Dragic. Goran Dragic. Okay. He was number two on my list, and, and we'll, we'll run our order after this. But um, I think Dragic is an interesting piece in terms of, again, Riley says he wants to keep him. Mm-hmm. Um, with the freak chase, you know, kind of complicating things, how much do they give him? I think the Knicks are in an advantageous situation that they could offer him a balloon contract or maybe even a multi-year contract, which, again, a guy his age, you don't you don't really want to do. But I think they have the flexibility to, you know, overpay, quote unquote, where Miami may not because they're, they're looking for more flexibility when it comes to the freak. You look at the, the Heat's offense, seventh in the league with Dragic as their highest usage player. On ball, off ball, pick and roll, he's going to deliver for you. And he showed it to you in the bubble. Still got it. Dragic still got it. And I think he'd be perfect uh, piece for the Knicks, man. I think Dragic would be a perfect pick for the Knicks. What, what do you think? I like Dragic. My thing with Dragic is I think he would still take less money to go back to a championship contending team. Right, I yep. don't, you know. I, I don't see why he wants to, you know, this is for like a lot of these guys, like why do you want to join the Knicks? And for his stage of his career where he can just be a guy coming off the bench with Miami and what I guess Kendrick Nunn take the next step. Why? Just yeah. like, I, I don't see, you know, we'd have to throw him a lot of money and we will have that capability to throw him a lot of money, but for one, two years, you just want to come help rebuild a team where, you know, he had an injury in the bubble you know, if he stays healthy, I think that's a different Miami team. I mm-hmm. think we got a different series. Not saying Miami would win. I think it's just make a it different a bit more series. Yeah, make it a bit yeah. more interesting. Yeah. Sure. Miami got so, real banged up in the end. For sure. So with him, I think he would still take less money and stay in Miami. I think they'd still work out a deal. And it, it just it would just be tough. I would love to get Drogic in here. Yeah. He plays so well. He creates floor spacing. He knows how to read. I wish we got him the initial time where he was uh, on the market. But, you know, I would love it. I just don't see him I agree. wanting to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, you know, 36% from three, not not crazy, but, but won't kill you. Um, I think Dragic is he's a guy that, as you saw in the bubble, elevates his game. 0.94 points per possession in the pick and roll, which is better than Westbrook, Jamal Murray, Drew Holiday, De'Aaron Fox, and Conley. Um, so again, like I said, on ball as a pick and roll ball handler, off ball, I think Dragic can 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 kill you from both ways, man. So I think that'd be an excellent pickup. Um, as as you said, motivation is key. I don't see it either. You know, him him walking away from that situation, Miami seems like a loyal dude. They gave him a chance. You know, he was kind of the first kind of cog in in that new you know that new team kind of post Wade. You know, for uh, sure with, with Dragic. So uh, I think he stays as well. For sure. Yeah. I I would like to get him. I think he, he, I would put him on my, I want him, I would, I want to put him on my list. I'm just thinking realistically, are we in the market to even get him for yeah. a guy who would probably want to stay in Miami? Yeah. You know, with Chris yeah. Paul, Fred Van Vliet, like I put Fred Van Vliet because we, I would, I think it's more likely that we throw a young guy a lot of money mm-hmm. and he wants to come through um, and try something new. And for Dragic, uh, he's at the later end of his career. And I think 
if we threw him a lot of money. He already made a lot of money through most of his career. Sure, so yeah, sure. money, money, money's not an issue for him. It's how does he want to go out? Yeah. So that that's what I'm thinking. Great point. Great point. So my five was um, DJ Augustine five, mm-hmm. Mike Conley at four, Fred Van Fleet three, Goran Dragic two, and CP three one. Alex okay. is five. Lonzo Ball five. DJ Augustine four, Mike mm-hmm. Conley three, CP three two, Fred Van Fleet one. So what do you guys think? Salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. What do you think I'm about the- that list, man? CP three, Dragic, Fred Van Fleet, Conley, DJ Augustine for me, for Al, Fred Van Fleet, CP three, Conley, DJ Augustine, and Lonzo Ball. For sure. Can I get my uh can I get my uh my honorable mention in here? Let's you know what? Let's let, let's hear from the fans real quick and then and then sure. um and then get to honorable mentions. We definitely want to hear from the people. They hit that thumbs up button for you boys for a reason. Uh, hit so that thumbs up button. Let's get to it. Daquan from Brooklyn up first. Daquan, how you feeling, bro? Uh, okay. uh, Daquan going once. I don't know. I don't think Daquan was ready. He wasn't ready for that no-look pass, Al. Come on, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to Daquan. Uh, let's go to Harlem World. Baron, what's going on, bro? Yo, what's going on? Yo, get, get the thumbs up button for your boy. <laughs> Yo, listen, all I know is this. <laughs> all I know is this. We could go get. We could go get all of those guards y'all talking about, mm-hmm. but it's going to take mm-hmm. away from one major thing. And mm-hmm. the one major thing is this. We're not going to get an opportunity to see what grown kids look like. Mm. Talking about Nilakina, talking about Smith. You want to go get garbage? Fresh Lee. They nice. They nice and all of that, but they're bargain pickups. They're not going to move the needle. They're not going to get us to 30. Thirty to thirty-five wins. Come on, that that does nothing for the team. We need to build that foundation. We got to listen. Watch out for Jared Harper. All these guys they talking about. Look at Jared Harper. He he got the stroke. All he got to do is get in Tibbs' system. Once Tibbs, once we see these kids in a system, then we we'll, we can decide on who we want to spend money on. Not spending no draft pick, no capital, no cash. On nothing. We got three draft picks this year. <laughs> After next year, then we can see. Let let this but, young group get thirty wins. Uh, Baron, hold on, bro. Hold, hold on, hold on, Baron. Hold on. Let, let me stop you. Let me stop you right there, Baron. Though, but who's the core of this team? Who is the core of this team? The two players that is the core of this team is who? Mitchell Robinson and Baron. And that's all that's Man. all that matters right now, bro. That's all that matters right now. I understand, yes, you gotta see what happens with Frank. You gotta see what happens with DHA. I understand that. But from a Knicks standpoint, these are the two guys whose development you wanna be invested in for the future. And that's why I think it's imperative that they bring somebody in that can help these guys elevate their game. Yeah, you could bring Frank off the bench. You can bring DSA off the bench. Let them earn it. But for the betterment of the team, okay. I would consider some of these okay. guys on the list. That's just me. That's just my opinion. Okay. Go ahead. All right. For the betterment of the team, if you started 
building around R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson, you need somebody that's going to take a back seat, that's going to sit back and say, these are the kids running the team. Yeah. There's nobody getting paid millions that's going to sit back and say, oh, let me let me drop this ball down here to Mitchell Robinson. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so why bring somebody in that was paying millions already when we already got the cash? We sitting pretty with the cash already. So we sitting pretty with the cash. Let's go through this year. Take our lumps. It's going to be the same lump. If you get any point guard, does that put us in the playoff? No. If it doesn't, then we're doing no. the same thing. No, no, we're not doing the same thing. No, we're not. We're not doing the same thing, Baron. I appreciate the call, man. Appreciate the endorsement too. He, he came in proper with the proper etiquette, Bradley. He said, "Hit that thumbs up button for you boys first. I like that. I like that. He can call anytime. I like Baron. But the point I'm trying to make is, you know, he feels like anybody that comes in is just going to take the ball away from him. These guys that we listed, these are selfless players, even Peyton to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But these other guys are going to bring another dimension to the game, including scoring." Which which is major, man. When you don't know what RJ's projections are going to be from a shooting standpoint, and you have Mitch, who's more of a, a rim running, you know, finisher, you need some punch, some scoring punch in there as well. I think that's what these guys can help bring along with running your offense and, and making your younger guys better. For sure, one hundred percent. These guys are going to come in here, elevate the play of these other guys of our young core, right? And if we're looking at RJ Barrett, we're looking at Mitchell Robinson as the core, right? And we need a point guard. Look, we're going to have to pay somebody to come in here and do something. Okay. If we're talking about Fred Van Vliet, we have to give a lot of money. The thing is that we have Mitchell Robinson for a short period of time and RJ Barrett on very sustainable deals right now. We can pay somebody for, you know, RJ Barrett's going to have three years before he has to get paid if he's that good. Exactly. And if you have to pay Fred Van Vliet for three years and then we have to pay RJ, we at least we paid. Van Vliet for his prime and then we could re-sign him for maybe a a, a short-term deal or move on to somebody else. You're going to have to pay somebody who's established to come in here regardless. And, you know, I think this is a new regime. I think under Thibodeau, it's not, we're not talking about uh, Steve Mills, uh, the Scott Perry regime Mm -hmm. where it's like, all right, we paid Randall. Randall's going to be the featured guy. I don't think that's what Thibodeau wants. I don't think Thibodeau is going to care how much you're getting paid. If you're not producing, you're not producing. So take a seat. Um, and the, he, he wants to create a system that's going to play. So I don't think the money aspect is, is going to be that big of a deal as it once was, but you're going to need to bring somebody in here to elevate level, level of play. And we need a point guard. That's what we're trying to say. We need a point guard. So no one's just going to come here if we just don't pay them. You know, I would say DJ Augustine and Elver Pay are the cheaper deals, but you got you got to pay yeah. somebody. Listen, there's nothing... Uh, again, I'm Frank Hive. I'm a member of the Frank Hive. Salute to everybody in the Frank Hive. If you're a member of the Frank Hive, leave a hashtag Frank Hive in it. I'm a member of the Frank Hive, but I'm a, I'm a realistic member of the Frank Hive. I feel like his role is off the bench, and I feel like he mm-hmm. can he, he's going to grow into a solid glue guy, probably finish in certain scenarios, especially on a defensive, from a defensive standpoint. Frank's role will be fine. I think, listen, if they, if they want to, you know, go in with DSJ... Okay, I felt like, you know, I feel like they should probably move on, go in a different direction, get another mm-hmm. spark. But if they feel like they want to continue on his development path, fine. But I wouldn't leave that as plan A. You know, I would not leave that as plan A. And again, I thought it was telling of the very little that Tibbs said during that mini camp. When he they asked him about Frank, they asked him about DSJ. 
He said, yeah, you know, he, he kept the PC in the beginning. You know, good players, talent, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. But then he said, team development is going to be critical. That's what he yeah. said. And I took that as him saying, we're not just going to throw all these kids out there because they're kids. Mike not Miller said all. the same thing last year. Fizz said the same thing last year when they when they talked about, you know, development, G League, so on and so forth. Um, they talked about team development. You know, what is the proper way for these kids to, to develop? Is it all playing minutes together or is it, you know, observing film, whatever the case may be? I think we have to take that into consideration. For sure. And look, development comes in many shapes and forms, right? right? It's not for some teams, you know, look, Brandon Ingram, when he was out on the Lakers, when they had D'Lo and everybody, they were playing them 30 minutes, trying to get them as much exposure as they can, trying to get them up to speed. That's one way to do it. Is it successful? Not for everybody. For our team, it's, look, take a seat on the bench, watch how guys play. We're going to insert you. We need good, valuable minutes out of you guys in order for you to earn more minutes. We're not just going to let you go out there and, you know, fail and then try to learn that way. It's it's good. There's, there's going to be a rope with Thibodeau on how much these guys can play. And like you, I'm part of the Frank Hive too. Like I want to see Frank succeed. I think he's more of a bench player, as you're saying. I don't see him as that starting guard. He would have to really be shooting lights out and yeah. do a lot of other things that we're not seeing right now for him to even be yes. a starting point guard on this team. And with DSJ, I also want to see DSJ too. You know, uh, I want to see him succeed. I think, I think he might like need to, to change DSA the scenery. And Frank off the bench. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that be yeah. I mean, look, you know, we gave that. What I think they were trying to connect uh, Thibodeau to DSJ when uh, DSJ was coming in mm-hmm. uh, through the draft, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I can, I can, I can see it. You know, he had D Rose, athletic guy, loves to t- loves to dunk, loves to drive. DSJ loves to do the same thing. Totally get that. But these guys are just going to – they need to learn. You can't just throw these guys out there. DSJ has so much more. He has so much to learn, man. Passing, just making reads and all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. There's so much more for him. And he has to work on that jump shot. Both of these guys got to work on their shot. And for DSJ, he's got to work on his passing. Point blank. And decision-making. And decision-making. You know, point blank. Point blank. That's all we're saying. Let's go down to um, ATL. Sam is with us. Sam, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, CP? What's going on, Alex? Y'all hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Hit that thumbs hit up that button thumbs for your boys. Hit yes, sir. How you feeling, right. bro? What's your I point tonight? Say here is let let let's let's uh be real here, okay? With the uh with the Augustine and the Conley, I think those are the two most likely deals that's gonna yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. Because, like mm-hmm. you said, CP, I don't see OKC giving us CP three for nothing. Bag of chips, I don't see it happening. I don't see uh, Fred VanVleet leaving Toronto. Don't see it happening. Now, what I would like to ask you about is, though, I know the Knicks said that they're willing on taking undesirable contracts. How do you feel about us looking into uh, San Antonio and possibly taking Aldridge off? Spurs, they they know they're not making the playoffs. How do you feel about us taking Aldridge and maybe their 11th pick in a trade scenario? Uh... I mean, fit-wise, wouldn't love it. You know what I mean? Fit-wise, wouldn't love it. Lamarcus Aldridge just did his day. He should have been a Nick. <laughs> you know what I mean? In many moons ago, should have been a Nick as a rookie. Um, doesn't space it as much as you would like him to. How much How much years does he have left on his deal? I got to take a look at his contract. Does anybody know what um, Lamarcus Aldridge's contract looks like? I, I, think, I think at most two, but I think this is his last year. 
I think I want to say this is his last year on the deal. Interesting. I mean, Let's listen, see. if you're talking the tenth pick and last year on his deal, um, if you got to wedge him in and, and still try to trade Randall, of course. But you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be ideal from a to, you know from a team standpoint. I I, don't, I wouldn't take him on. He's still skills. He still he still can ball out. But um, you know, cer- certainly on the downside. What do you think, Alice? For sure. So he's got one more year left on it. This is his last year. Then he becomes an unrestricted free agent. He's making $24, $25 million this year. I, I, he doesn't really space the floor. You, you, you said it. I mean, he's up there. He's 35 in age. I, what much can we get out of him? I think if we're trading back now to get L.A. for one year. No, that- I, th- I think he was saying um, as a salary dump, you know, if they threw in the number 10 pick. But, again, okay. I don't know what San Antonio's motivation is for this free agent market. You know what I mean? I'd, yeah, and I think if they're trying to – I think if they're trying to move players, they're trying to get assets too, right? To build. If they're trying to uh, – to build. They're not yeah. just trying to, like, dump and yeah. do nothing, yeah. right? So – I I would be a little hesitant in trying to take on LA. I don't necessarily think that's a bad contract since he's one year left for 24, 25 mil. Yeah. You could just you're you're done with him after this season. It's not like he has another season. He's making maybe 30 or or more. Mm-hmm. Um I, I would be a little hesitant to try to take LA on this team. I think just because he's yeah, a mid-range game. I, I agreed. I think when you look at salary dumps, you're looking at primarily contenders. Teams turn in the corner that's trying to free up cap for the immediate future to try to bring somebody else in to better their team. You know, so San Antonio, I've seen people talking about, you know, Blake Griffin from Detroit. I just don't see teams like that giving you draft picks when they need those same draft picks to build their team back up. You you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? For Uh, sure. Yeah. Interested nonetheless. I think, Pete, there's some chatter in the chat. People saying that they've just approved the December 22nd start. So here we go. All right. Things are about to kick off. Uh, here is Woj. NBA PA player rep vote has complete has completed. Approving a December 22nd start. 72 game regular season. Um, financial terms coming up. Expect the trade moratorium to be lifted prior to the draft. Ooh. Ooh. So we could be having some breaking news right now well, as, we, as we talk about finessing some trades. So there it is. The league is getting underway. The Knicks are back. Basketball's back, man. We got the orange and blue back. <laughs> Let's go. Let, let's go, man. Like I said, I I have no idea how we made it this far, but we made it. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys for surviving. December twenty second, <laughs> baby. Let's go. Let's go. Putting out putting out content with no basketball. I'm hyped. Amazing. I'm hyped. The DJ Augustine led Knicks. <laughs> in the Battle of the Burrows against Kyrie, Katie, Bradley Beal, oh, Steve Nash. Everything they got going on, man. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a wild. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a wild season. Yes, and sir. we're going to probably have to play uh, our division a heavy, lot, right? Heavy, heavy division games, man. It's going to be rough. Oh, man. We're going to get a beating. Yeah, definitely, man. All right, back to the phones, man. Let's get to as many as we can before we wrap up. Salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Salute to everybody in team hashtag new. Uh, let me salute some of the super chats before we go to the phones, actually. Let me um, salute some of our uh, supporters who support us. Uh, Louis B. Salute to Louis B. He says, hope the league puts our Knicks back on Christmas Day. That noon slot is a family tradition for my brothers and I. Everyone smash that thumbs up button for you boys. Big Lou from Staten. 
I think Westchester Knicks have a better chance of being on Christmas Day, Al. Um, <laughs> at noon. <laughs> Watch Iggy. <laughs> oh, man. Iggy and the boys. Kenny and the boys. Jared Harper taking on Sioux City. Um, oh, my God. Chico Fernandez says, CP Alex, great work. Hayes is still my number one guy in terms of killing Hayes. If not, then a 3 and D wing and tie Terry at 27 later on. I can't take this anymore. 11, 18, get here already. So Chico Fernandez, he's he's beasting right now. I'm with him. Yeah. Uh, next week, we'll, we'll do our mock draft next week. And um, the draft show lineup November 18th is looking beastly as well. So uh, we, we got some fire content coming. Payback Carter, my guy Pay, Payback Carter, he broke the news. Said uh, the league will start on the December 22nd. Confirmed. Salute to Vlad, $25 Super Chat. Salute family, Vlad. Definitely appreciate you, a.k.a. Blade Pender Hughes. And Louis B. mentions it again, uh, NBA back December 22nd. Knicks better be a Christmas Day lineup. Louis B.'s all over, man. He, he wants to be at MSG uh, on Christmas Day. Doesn't seem like um, any fans will be allowed in the beginning, but I did read somewhere that they, they in some arenas, maybe 25 to 50% capacity. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, seems like they're trying to get the fans in there, and and uh, I'm I'm sure they'll they'll take that ticket revenue. All right, let's let's get back to the phones. HB Mac, let's go. BX, what's going on, bro? Yo, what's going on? First and foremost, hit that thumbs up for your boy. Hit that thumbs up button for um, your boys. What's going yo, on, bro? What's going on, man? I had a, a, a idea, a realistic trade proposal. Um, now that the NBA is back, mm-hmm. um, you know everybody wants Carol Lewis Jr. at eight if he's there, if he's available. Mm-hmm. And I figured, why not try to call Sacramento? See if we can get De'Aaron Fox. You might have to take on a bad contract like um, like a Harrison Barnes or whatnot. We take that on and say we trade Julius Randolph. Um, either DSJ or Frank Nellikina, along with the eighth pick, but for De'Aaron Fox, who's 22, who's mm-hmm. a rising star, I think he would thrive with Tibbs, and I think it's realistic because of their salary cap situation that um, they might be willing to part ways because De'Aaron Fox, there's always rumors about him not mm-hmm. possibly resigning. He's not happy there. So I figured, why not, why not try to come to New York, get a legit yeah. point guard who's ready, and who can thrive through uh, Tibbs' system. Yeah, absolutely, man. You got to make a call for Swiper to Fox if he's available. Mm-hmm. That, that's a no-brainer, Al. You got to be all over it. I'm one, yeah, I've been sure. hearing that a lot lately. You know, De'Aaron Fox coming up in trade rumors, man. I, I think that would be um, very interesting if Sacramento got, got rid of him. What, what do you think about that, Al? He he was on, on your list when, when we were planning the list. But what, what do you think about um, um, Swiper and what's going on in Sacramento? I, I can't believe that. Yeah, I would love to get De'Aaron Fox, even though he flamed the Knicks in a tweet recently. Yeah, um, he did. He did. But L- lottery night, he, he wasn't too kind to us. Yeah, night, yeah. But uh, he did sell his house um, two months ago. So, oh, come that, on, man, I can't, I can't buy those, man. This is the NBA, man. Come on, <laughs> man. This guy's got cribs everywhere. Come on. Oh, man. That's not selling me, Al. You're not selling me on on any uh, dissension here. I just just had to throw that in there because I thought it was funny. Um, But I would love to get De'Aaron Fox in here. I think if he's he's not happy in in, uh, Sacramento, Mm -hmm. uh, we got to pick up the phone. We got to try and make some moves. That's that's what you save all these assets for, right? You use the Dallas pick. You use even our pick. Yeah. 
maybe it doesn't, it can't, maybe it's not top, uh, maybe it's not a pick protection to try to go get him, mm-hmm. but that's the type of player you got to make a move for. I think they're trying to keep him though. I think they, you know, they just signed Buddy Hill. They're trying to figure out what they got to do with Bogdan. Yep. Um, I think they're trying to keep that nucleus. Uh, you got Bagley too, who you're trying to keep as well. And I think they got something going on. They got new management. I'm not sure the management There's would no just way. be, there's not just not the first year at least no. you'd have to get uh, there, he'd have to you know really demand a trade and get out of there to get out of there or after one season under new management they'd have to see this ain't working we gotta go in a different direction the, the, the new king's gm is is not starting his first year off by trading his best player you know he, no. he'd be out of a job quickly so i don't i don't see that happening at all but uh, hey, always pick up the phone. All right, um, let's go to um, Doc from Brooklyn. Doc, how you feeling, bro? Yo, what's going on, fellas? Uh, how you feeling, man? What's going on? Okay. Two things: uh, the Chris Paul thing. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why Chris Paul would want to, want to come here because he's at the tail end of his career, and he should be trying to get a chip. Mm-hmm. You know, and plus his contract, the next two years of his contract, he's getting like $40 million and then $50 million when his last year of the contract. So I, don't, I don't think we could afford to, to take on that contract. Well, we could definitely afford it. We could afford anything right now. We're not really mm-hmm. spending too much money, bro. But um, I question that as well. I think, you know, the rumors have been flying around like crazy with Chris Paul, but we don't know his motivation. You know, we don't we don't know the motivation for CP3. If I were him, Al, I'd be looking for a chip. So I don't I don't know, but we'll see. You know, again, what what is his motivation? Is it family? Is he gonna press for something for LA? Does he like OKC? Will he want to stay there? I have no idea. We, we got to see um, how that shapes up. Yeah, absolutely. I think for him, he's in a different situation than Drogic and Fred VanVleet. Right? He's not a free agent, so. There, to some extent, he doesn't have that much. He'll have a lot of he'll have say in where he wants to go, but he won't have that much say. If the Knicks throw an offer that Pressy can't refuse, he will have to go to New York. Um, yeah. Even if he wants to go to LA, so that's the that's the that's the kicker with CP3. He is under contract. Yeah, that that's a fact. Um, so again, we'll see how things play out. All right, let's get back to the phone. Brooklyn is in here heavy, man. If anybody's from Brooklyn, uh, shout out. Brooklyn, throw your cities in the chat, man. Let's see where everybody's checking in from. Salute to everybody in the chat once again. Uh, let's see if Daquan was back. He, he was getting some ice cream earlier. Uh, <laughs> left us hanging. Left us on hold. Daquan, what's going on, bro? What's going on, guys? How, how you on? feeling, man? Good to, good to have you back. What, what's your points? I'm good. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Good to be, good to be here. Um, first and foremost, shout out to the CP. Shout out Alex. Thumbs up for your boys. Thumbs up for your boys. Uh, I wanted to talk about the CP thing because I feel like the path for CP ain't really as clouded as you guys think. Uh, just off the strength that the teams that could need him, if you add him to your team, it takes away the potential of getting Giannis. Like Miami, they want Giannis. So why would they get Chris Paul? Lakers, they want Giannis. So they won't go Chris Paul. And Milwaukee, they don't want to go Chris Paul because if they go Chris Paul with Giannis and they don't win and Giannis leaves, then they stuck with Chris Paul with no ring. So I think the Knicks are the best suitor for him. Um, and the team with the you know the best ability to get him 
And I think yeah. he wants to come there because he doesn't need a ring to validate his career, you know. Bringing the Knicks to the mm-hmm. playoffs would, would mm-hmm. be just as big for his career as, as honestly winning the tip somewhere else as the, the third string or the second string. If uh, he brings this team back to rev- uh, you know, yeah. to a relevant, respectable level, I think that's I, a great thing for us. I don't know, man. And Appreciate I'm a the call, bit. man. Al, I, I don't know if, if CP3's resume be like, damn, I didn't win the ring, but I helped the Knicks get that AC, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't know the guy's motivation, Daquan, but I think he's going to set oh, his man. goals a little bit higher. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know, man. They don't make him like they used to, Al. I don't I don't think that that's, uh, you know, what he wants to throw in, on his uh, on his dresser. Uh, I don't. I think we'll raise the banner for that though at MSG, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but for sure. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think CP3 would care if he was the third banana on a team and won a chip. Yeah, I, he would definitely. I, the ring is more important than bringing the Knicks back to, you know, relevancy. So for sure. Um, listen, yeah, the deal is complicated. Um, I don't think my Miami's not in it for him. Milwaukee needs him. I think they need him. And even if, you know, he's still, he only has two years left on his deal. So I don't think the freak, the timing of the freak's contract and him being there would, you know, leave the Milwaukee Bucks stuck. I think they need him. I think they mm-hmm. need him in the worst way. Uh, again, I think Philly will be in play. I think the Lakers will be in play to a lesser extent. Phoenix, I think, will be in play. And we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Sure. But I think the contract... I, I think this is a, a mid-season deal that, that's going to go down based on the timing of everything. Yeah, I, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Mid-season deal, try to get, you know, you're looking for that last piece, someone that can come in there and then take your team over to the top. Mm-hmm. And then you can just say, because for a team like the Bucks, right, you would want to evaluate if you actually really need him before you start taking on that contract before uh, the right. season like gets underway. Same thing with probably for the 76ers, right? You want to see, can Simmons actually – shoot and do other things before bringing on CP3 for no reason. So I, I agree with you. I think we're going to see if he gets traded, it's going to be a midseason uh, scenario. Yeah, I, I, that's just my hunch for right now. So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. 772 going strong on YouTube. Salute to everybody checking in on Facebook. This is Nick's Offseason Central, CP from Nick's Fan TV. My guy Alex Rotaros, the Tratacaster on the guest spot. We in here heavy. Ari's in the chat. Ari's sounding off in the chat. He's going at people. He's going in <laughs> on people. He's he still wants that uh, battle of the fans smoke. We're gonna set that up. Ari and Josh on a collision course. We definitely gonna set that up on pay per view. Um, salute, <laughs> salute, Maurice White. He says he's checking in from North Dakota. Okay, Will from oh. LI checking in always. Um, Jamon Pascal checking in from Indianapolis. We got Jay checking in. Bed do or die. There we go. Dead the hype. Brooklyn on the check in. Bed do or die as well. So we got Jay dead the hype in here. Let's get it. Shan from BK checking in. Brooklyn's always in there heavy. We got um, a foyer Azua checking in from ATL. Okay. Shout out Chill Smith. White Plains nine one four. Shout out Chill Smith. Nine one four. Yeah. 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 No doubt. No doubt, man. Salute to everybody, bro. Um, real quick, we, we got two more calls before we close out. But um, the city jerseys, Al. Mm. I don't. I don't think I got <laughs> your reaction to this. And um, I did post this in the community section of the channel, and and the people were sounding off like crazy. 
Uh, did you get a chance to see him? What was your initial reaction? And what's your reaction now that things have kind of settled in? Initially, when I saw them, I was not pleased with it at all. Mm -hmm. The whole tie-dye feel of it with the circle around the number, I wasn't really feeling it. Um, but now it's slowly started to grow on me, especially with all these different like alterations uh, with the sleeve. I think you posted it with uh, the multicolored sleeve that they got, mm -hmm. tie-dye sleeve. And I saw one with uh, the black shorts with the New York, the old New York uh, logo on it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it, that was also multicolored as well. So that was the shorts is what made it fire. I was like, okay, if this, if this is the, if this is the getup that we're getting, uh, I'll totally, I'll totally work with that. Yeah. But the Jersey itself wasn't really feeling it, but seeing it on RJ after, after the crop and everything, I, I can, I could feel it. Yeah. It was a little, you know what it is with us. We, we're so used to the classics, man. We are so used mm -hmm. to the classics that uh, it's hard to see anything else, you know what I mean, as the Knicks jersey. But I think first we got to understand is that, you know, the city jerseys for all these teams, is it, it has a certain aesthetic to it. It has a certain mm -hmm. theme to it. It's kind of um, unorthodox, an unorthodox look to your standard jersey. So I think we got to put that into context. Um, it looks like they went with a playground basketball look. Number one, the NYC um, Nike logo. First of all, that's one of my favorites. They used, to, they used to put those on a lot of the Air Force Ones back in the day. And I have a pair of orange and blue Air Force Ones with mm. that NYC uh, Nike logo on it. So I, I love that look. Love that look. Um, the number nine with the, with the medallion, it looks like a subway token. The Knicks always love that subway token look. I think that's what they went with it. City never sleeps on one side, New York Knicks, and, and kind of that gradient kind of mm -hmm. color scheme going on. I don't know. I think City never sleeps is kind of, you know, I don't know. It could have been better. It could have been a little bit better. You know what I mean? Could've yeah. I mean, I, like you could have thrown the Mecca in there. Yeah. And I think that would have been. Hit uh, that thumbs up on Free Boys. Something a little bit more catchy. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. For sure. Yeah, um, go, go sure. ahead. I'm, I'm going to put the camera on you while I um, get these kicks to, sh to show the people. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, no, I think I think with the City of Jersey, and I thought you were actually going to say that most of them aren't that great, which I see. Like, some of them are just not that, like, appealing from what I saw. I think even – I think the best one I saw right now was the Spurs. Uh, theirs, is theirs is pretty classic, which I like. I like that classic look. You know, they do like the medallion. I mean – Rocking the old uh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> the, the 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 old uh, 2012 2013 uh, warm up, you know, Knicks tape. So the medallion is something like I'm I'm with a medallion. I just it's the city that never sleeps. It's the tie dye. You know, we wanted the black jersey. Yeah, I was expecting more. And we're the, like we're the city of fashion, man. We're the city of fashion. So I thought it like, could have been a little better. I, I was like, you know, something. We we got to set the game up, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I like the I, I like the fire one, the fire the firefighter ones that they had. And even like last yeah, year's those was are, pretty, those right. pretty solid. Those are right. Last year's was, was pretty um straightforward. Um these are the joints I got. I got I got these. These are um Ooh. some uptowns we would call them, but these are really some mid top Air Force ones, all blue. The Nike jewel check. You don't see a lot of the Air Force mm. ones with the jewel check anymore. And uh the NYC uh uh blacktop. NYC logo, Nike logo is my favorite joint that they put on the Air Force Ones. I wear these to a lot of Nick games. It doesn't bring us any luck. 
We catch several L's in them, but I'm in there looking clean as always. Always decked out. You know what I'm saying? Got to be fresh, man. These these are my favorite pair of uh, of Knicks kicks. You know, those are fresh, man. I love them. Yeah, appreciate it, bro. Appreciate it. All right, a couple more calls and and then let's let's wrap up. Good show though, man. Good good show out. Let us know what you guys thought about our point guard list too, man. All right, let's see who we got. We got um, Joe from Yonkers. My guy Joe, last call. The closer. Joe, how you what feeling, man? Cheers. What's happening, TP? How you doing? Good, man. Good, 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 man. How's that? Um, I just wanted to, I just wanted, I just want to talk about uh, Lamelo Ball. Um, about the way he's slipping, they say. Um, I was thinking a possibility of us going up and trading for Lamelo Ball and bringing in CP3. I think CP3 playing with Lamelo will bring out all his potential and kind of do the same thing what he's done with uh, Shaker and uh, uh, Alexander. So I think that'd be just absolutely good for him, good for RJ, having Lamelo and CP playing together. Yeah, I, I, I oh. think that would be ideal, man, and, and appreciate the call. There is talk, Al, that, that LaMelo could be dropping. I don't know what mm-hmm. how, you know, what you can glean off of that, that type of, you know, draft rumor, but it's it's still he's still an intriguing prospect. An enigma, if you will, because it doesn't seem like Golden State or Minnesota want to keep that pick. So clearly there's some question marks on the prospect of LaMelo Ball. I'm with Joe. I think he could certainly use some seasoning at the next level. The tutelage of CP3, I, would, I think, would be fantastic rather than just giving him the keys somewhere, um, mm-hmm. you know, playing under a, a, a mentor uh, like a CP3 would, would be excellent for LaMelo, man. Going to be very interesting in this draft and seeing where all these guys, you know, fit. For sure. I think that that'd be perfect. That'd be mm-hmm. ideal, right? You're... Well, there's no one better to learn from than CP3. Yeah. Um, and he he said it right. He Joe said it like Shea Gildress Alexander. You can even throw Dennis Schroeder in there. Dennis Schroeder was uh, contender for a sixth man of the year. So that was all due to, or most of it was some of it. I won't say all. Some of it was due to C, to CP3. But yeah. that would be quite the tandem to have in New York. My question is, how much in assets are we moving to get? You know, if Lamelo's dropping and we got to move up. Mm-hmm. That means we gotta give up something to go get them, and then we also gotta trade people or and trade assets to go get CP3. So, how much? That my question would be: How much would all that cost? And are we saying that you're 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 essentially saying that Lamelo is going to be the point guard of the future for a very long time? For sure, I, I think um, I did say during the night of the lottery, I thought that just looking at who the, the draft order. I think, and I still think it's going to go this way. I think Minnesota goes um, with Edwards. I think the, mm-hmm. the, the and, and we'll get to the mock draft next week. I, I think Golden State will go with Wiseman. I think it's very possible that Charlie goes to Congo, which could leave LaMelo to the Bulls at four. And then I think the price comes down a bit. Again, how aggressive mm-hmm. will the Knicks be if they really like him that much? I don't know. Time will tell. But I think that's a very realistic possibility. I, I don't know about you. No, I think that's a totally realistic uh, scenario. Look, we there was talks that the Knicks were ready to move move assets to trade up to get Lamelo, right? Mm-hmm. So if he's going to slip, that comes back in play. So I would not be surprised if they did it. You know, he is a very intriguing prospect. His playmaking alone is just otherworldly. So 
I would love to take a chance on LaMelo Ball if he's there. Um, question is, will he be there? And is is he actually going to drop that far where we can make a move? Yeah, I agree, man. Um, real quick before we wrap, your honorable mention on the point guard list was Schroeder, though, right? It was Schroeder. Yeah. Um, I like Schroeder. I think he, he really stepped up his game this season, especially offensively. He was pretty sure he was over like the um, – he was over the 50th percentile for most of the shooting numbers that you were seeing. And he was, like I said, six man contention for this year, really started to open the, open the floor for a lot of players can shoot. I like him. I, I, I think he would be, you know, this is last year of the contract. I don't think he'd be that expensive to move pieces to go get, mm-hmm. especially if you want an established point guard. And, you know, if we're talking about speed, if you like Cairo Lewis, like I do, uh, thank you, Jay Ellis, for putting me on that ban- on that bandwagon. Um, yeah, I, I would I would be fine bringing in Schroeder, and yeah. I think he, he he'll break down he'll break down defense with his speed. So, yeah, yeah, I like Schroeder. Um, I like him more of a score first guard. But listen, th- this mm-hmm. year it was excellent. Um, Could have won the Sixth Man of the Year award very easily. I think they gave it to Montrez, who. Can't really argue that one either. But listen, Schroeder's excellent. Um, hard to really gauge how much of it was was that CP3 mm-hmm. effect. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But, you know, scrappy defender. Um, nice score. You know, that that three-headed monster that, that OKC had, man, was uh, probably the top three-man lineup in the league or top five easily. Top five in the clutch as well. And Schroeder had, had a lot to do with that. So... Um, again, not sure what he would command in the trade or if OKC views him as, as a future piece as well. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. My, um, honorable mention was, um, an old friend, an old friend in Langston Galloway, bro. Ooh. Langston Galloway, I think, uh, would be a nice fit for this team. I think it'd be a good piece. Here's this with Langston Galloway, 38% of his three-point shots were from the corner. That was an area that Ooh. Tibbs is prioritizing. And he shot 54% from the corner, bro. 54% from the corner three. 40% overall from three. I think Langston has been battle-tested. I think he brings a leadership quality to the locker room. He's a good kid. Um, great in the community. Would fit right alongside RJ, whether it's off the bench or whatever they want to do with him. You know, a nice little off-the-bench piece, but provides that that scoring efficiency and a guy that he knows what it takes. He's he's been under the bright lights of MSG before and I think he would be a cheap option if Detroit doesn't uh doesn't feel like bringing him back. So I I think Langston Galloway would certainly fit here. For for, for sure. sure. For sure. I like Langston Galloway yeah. and he came up through our Westchester system too, Came right? up through the system. More of a tweeter, more of a more, more of a two guard, you know, not really a point guard per se, but um, at six foot one, you know, I kind of do him in that point guard selection as my honorable mention. So we'll see, man. But next week, let, let's do the shooting guards next week. Uh, and and as we continue, go through the positions, we're definitely going to do the uh, mock draft next week. Uh, I spoke to Ian Begley today. Ian Begley, we're working on potentially the day after the draft because things are going to roll quickly. So I think Begley's coming through day after the draft. Stay tuned for that. So we rolling out. We, we rolling, man. We getting into it. December 22nd. Knicks are back. Put some respect on their name. We'll throw the <laughs> camera on you, man. Great show, man. Let, let's sign out. CP, thank you as always for having me on. I love coming on the show. 
uh, I appreciate the work that you do. Knicks Fan TV, really bringing Knicks Nation together. Love everything about this channel. Make sure, everyone, please make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys and subscribe to this channel. But you can find me, you can find my stuff at Hoops Habit. I'll be covering the Knicks over there. And you can check out my podcast, Knicks, Jets, etc. If you're a Jets fan and you are still even intrigued in this ONH season, come listen out to our episodes. But yeah, CP, thank you again. Yes, sir. Double dose of therapy when he's talking Knicks and he's talking Jets, man. Double the pain. Uh, Double the pain. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> but salute to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. You know what time it is. Great show, CP, Alex. We gave you guys our top five point guard targets for the offseason. What did you guys think? My list was um, CP3, Drogic, Fred Van Vliet, Michael Conley, DJ Augustine with Langston Galloway as the honorable mention. Alex's list, Fred Van Fleet, CP3, Conley, DJ Augustine, Lonzo Ball as, uh, no, Lonzo Ball and uh, Dennis Schroeder as the honorable mention. So let us know what you guys think. Salute to the mods once again, Dave, TM, Above the Rim, Key Sinclair, uh, anybody who I forgot, I always appreciate you guys helping out on the show. Uh, salute to Vampiro checking in from Las Vegas. Salute to everybody out on the West Coast. Salute to uh, Jason, Evan, Dean Stag. Salute to Evan, Ernesto, Anthony Parasol, Mingo, appreciate it. Uh, Apple Fanboy, appreciate it. Pranav, always appreciate it. Uh, Alex, who you want to shout out, man? Who you want to shout out in the chat, bro? Shout out to all the mods. You know, mod, mod fam right there, Apple fanboy, above the rim, uh, Ismail, Evan uh, Diesteg, uh, Rome to take over. Yes, gotta sir. shout my boy out. Keith Sinclair, shout out to you as well. Ari Michael, gotta give my boy Ari, Ari shout yep. out. Shout out Ari for sure, for sure. And yeah, Evan, Evan Diesteg, shout yep. out to you as well. Absolutely. Stay tuned once again. Next week, we're gonna do shooting guards. Leave a comment in the chat. Hit that thumbs up on Free Boys. Subscribe to the channel. Number one show for the fans by the fans. CP, Knicks Fan TV, Alex Trataros. We out of here.